0: Yo, this is Sam's Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, May 18th, 2016. Uh, I got a very special podcast today. I'm welcoming to the show my brother Tom Rosenberg, esteemed U.S. history teacher from Cherry Hill High School East. He's going to be talking some Philadelphia Phillies with me today. Um... Uh, I use this clip for my radio show that's going to be airing on Saturday, but this is such an amazing clip. I think everyone should really be exposed to it. Um, I'm going to cut right to the clip right now, but this is a dynamite podcast. If you like the Phillies, if you like baseball, we really go pretty deep into how great the Phillies are this season. So without further ado, here we are, me and Tom talking the Phillies. All right, everybody, we're going to be talking some Philadelphia Phillies today, and I am very, very excited to have one of my favorite guests on the show to talk some Philadelphia Phillies. For listeners out there who have listened before, I'm sure you know this guest. He needs no introduction. He's my big brother, Tom Rosenberg. Tom, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, buddy. Thanks, Sam.
0: Dude, so, so happy to have you on. So let's jump right in. Let's talk about our Philadelphia Phillies. Um, I'm pretty pleased at what I've been seeing so far this season, they're above 500. The pitching has been impressive. Uh, the hitting, you know, leaves something to be desired. But just all around, I think everything about the Phillies is kind of, you know, definitely exceeding expectations. They're above 500. There's a lot to be optimistic about right off the bat. What is jumping out for you that you have been excited about with in regards to the Phillies so far this season?
1: Wow, there there have been honestly, Sam, a couple things that have gotten me excited. First of all, they have a couple players in their lineup that I just really enjoy watching when they come to the plate. Mm-hmm. I love watching Odubel Herrera. Yeah, he's very passionate. When he takes a bad pitch or he swings and he misses, he can't mask his emotion, and and I like that. He's fun to watch. With that. Um, I also love watching Michael Franco. Mm-hmm. He's great, as well, and and they've also had a couple recent acquisitions that have been in the past couple of weeks paying off pretty well. But we'll, we'll talk about them in a couple of minutes. Okay. Um, otherwise, and of all their pitchers, Aaron Nola's doing a great job. Mm. Um, we, lost Charlie Mort- we lost Charlie Morton. Yeah,
0: but, that was such uh, a freak thing that happened when he got injured.
1: Well, you know what? You're right. But also... There's no way that you can predict an injury when they happen. You just keep your fingers crossed that they're going to be
0: able to rebound, or it won't be too serious. Or in the event of Charlie Morton, you'll lose him for the season. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But um, you know, Aaron Nola has been doing a solid job. But the pitcher that I love to watch is Vince Velasquez. Yeah. I mean, since that game a couple of months ago, where he threw 16 strikeouts. Oh my God. That really just—I mean, he honestly, Sam, he came from nowhere. Yeah. From nowhere. And he throws 16 strikeouts, and everyone's like, wow, that's amazing. He was on ESPN's baseball tonight. They were making a big to-do about it. And then everyone said, oh, well, it's going to be a fluke. And you know what? For the most part, I don't want to call it a fluke. But look, he hasn't thrown another 16 strikeout game. But yesterday,
0: he had 10. Yeah.
1: So he's pitching really well. Yeah. Really well. And I enjoy watching him a lot. He has good control. He can go deep into the game. And speaking of getting deep into the game, something that has been a problem
0: to the Phillies for about the last 30 years has been their bullpen. Oh, my it's God.
1: surprisingly accurate and reliable. Yeah. And, and that, you know, you've got Hector Neris, who I think does a great job in the mm. seventh and the eighth inning. Mm-hmm. You need to bring him in a little earlier than that. And then the other guy, and it, it anybody, it doesn't matter how much you follow the Phillies, baseball, or just sports in general, but the one thing that I think many people, especially baseball fans, have noticed is that the Phillies have won more games by one run than I, I think every other team in baseball combined.
0: It's really? ridiculous. Really?
1: But they have won so many games by one run. It's incredible. And With the exception of only one blown save, Genmar Gomez leads professional baseball in saves. He got 16. He got his 16th today when they just beat. um, Yeah, when when they just beat Miami. It's 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 really mind blowing.
0: And Um, this is really something. You know, we just would we're not going to be expecting the pitching to kind of be the star of the team. And this pitching staff, you know, you said it, the bullpen to Vince Velasquez, these guys are coming out of nowhere. There was an expectation that that the pitching situation was going to be a dumpster fire all over again. And now, I mean, these guys, like you said, are leading the league in statistics. It is amazing. I mean, do you, when, when are they going to actually anoint Vince Velasquez as like the, you know... The the starting pitcher in the rotation, the number one guy.
1: Well, and you know, the thing is, Sam, is that he's somewhat, I I don't want to say that he's unproven, but he still has a way to go. Mm -hmm. I think he is flying high, but with any pitcher that comes into the league, you, you definitely need to give them a little time to become adjusted. It could be that he's doing very, very well right now, maybe he dips down a little bit, but you don't want to do anything and, and, like, for example, say, okay, well, he's going to be our, our clutch man, or we have no worry whenever it is that he's on the mound. Ideally, I would love to think that way, but I don't know if we've, if we've gotten to that point yet. That right. might be a little mature.
0: Yeah, we're not far like, enough he, in the season to know that he is rock solid yet.
1: But exactly. I think he's a reliable pitcher, but exactly the, the degree to his reliability, I think, has yet to be determined. Right mm-hmm. now, it's like he's an A student. But mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks, months, or seasons, is he going to remain an, an A student? The stud pitcher that he is now, is that going to dip down a little bit? We don't know. Mm-hmm. But right now, he's doing an excellent job, and he's very fun to watch. He has great control. He has great speed. Um, and he's just he, – hes I, I love watching. I love to watch him pitch. And then uh, there have been a couple other things that I've noticed that the the Phillies have been doing. The Phillies have been, more often than not, they don't score first. They're usually the ones who are rebounding. Yeah, You know, their opponent's always going to wind up getting the first run, and it's usually given up within the first inning or two. Mm -hmm. The Phillies are down by one run or two runs, and then by innings four, five, six, and seven. not, Not that that's when they come alive, but that's when they sort of really make their mark. Um, it's, it's obviously, I don't believe it to be by design. I think they have a couple of pitchers who, who maybe get, how uh, they get a little tussled here and there? Um, you know, it, it happens to Nola, um, now and then a yeah, couple I mean, of runs get scored early on and the Phillies need to bounce back, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And they do it, but you know, the, the way in which they're going after their opponent, Sam, is kind of like, it. I, I guess the best way to say it is it's like death by a thousand putts. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything that's like monumental. They don't have somebody who's hitting three sixty and crushes the ball five hundred feet. Yeah. They've got okay, bloop single here, bloop single there, or somebody who just trucks and runs hard and and beats out the throw to first base. That's what they're doing.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, and then and then they've got their their typical pitching staff. That you know, I mean, you you can't fault an Aaron Nola for letting up an early home run. I mean, you're still going to see that, but you said it, the fact that they're winning these one-run games, that the bullpen is getting them through innings, you know, five, six, and seven, and eight, and getting them to Gomez. I mean, did we know that we were going to get this type of production out of Gomez before the season started?
1: To be perfectly honest, I thought that our closer for the season was going to be Hernandez, David Hernandez. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I was reading about in all the papers, and that's what the pundits and the talking heads were all saying, and then... Gomez? I mean, honestly, I don't really know where Gomez came
0: from. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where he came from either. I have to look it up.
1: And but you know what? He came out and he did a fabulous job. He leads the league in saves. He's up to sixteen, God. and I think slowly he is kind of becoming very comfortable in these high pressure situations. But I mean, he is really proving himself. And the Phillies, they're they look. They're a young team. And they are relatively—I don't want to say inexperienced. But you've got a couple of veteran players on there. You've got Ryan Howard. Mm-hmm. You've got, uh, you
0: got—you got uh, Chooch. Chooch is still there.
1: Oh yeah, you got Chooch. He's still there. You got, like I said, Ryan Howard. You got a couple other uh, veteran guys in the dugout. But they're surrounded by young guys who are really excited to play. Yeah, really. But and they're demonstrating it. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the great things is that. The other thing, Sam, is that nobody on the Phillies really has any statistics that are going to make anybody cock an eyebrow and be like, wow, you know what, we need to trade for this guy mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. They have a couple prospects. They have a lot of promise, but there is nobody on their starting rotation that has this, holy God, this guy's incredible statistics. Right? They're all, you know, they're, well, excuse me, not all of them. We have a couple that are over 300, but most of them are hitting around, well, you know, I'm hitting 230, I'm hitting two forty good numbers mm-hmm. but you know what it's not like a diamond in the rough mm-hmm. but combine it with everybody else who sometimes seems to be hitting rather consistently in that area and you've got something that is really a, a
0: force to be dealt with yeah and that can be proven all you have to do sam is take a look at the standings if you take a look at the national league east standings wow. the Phillies
1: are I don't know I think right now they're tied with Florida for second place yeah Mm-hmm. Or they're a half game out. Mm-hmm. Their winning percentage is something like five seventy five, five eighty. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you take a look at the standings, I mean, they would be leading. They would be leading the National League West. They would be. I mean, they're they're right on par with the Boston Red Sox. Which I love
0: to say it's a bad year for the Boston Red Sox, but hey, it makes the Phillies sound great. Yeah. But if you take a look at their winning percentage and you compare
1: them to the standings of any other division in either of the two leagues. Yeah and this is not a team with a stud standout player.
0: Yeah, there's there's no real like, you know, absolute you can point to this guy superstar on the team, but then just like you said it you know, year after year after year of having that division be god awful and atrocious, having the Marlins be terrible, having the Mets be terrible. All of a sudden, that is the division which is killing it. I mean, the Nationals have got a great record, the Mets have got a great record, the Phillies have got a great record, and the Marlins have got a great record. What's what's even more shocking is the team that's in that division that's terrible is the Atlanta Braves. I mean, the team that uh. Don't get me wrong, Sam, I'm
1: not gonna shed any tears over <laughs> that, but what, what comes around goes around. Every team is going to have to go through a rebuilding phase and it looks like it finally caught up to Atlanta. Yeah. They were riding they were riding the high tide for a long, long while. How many
0: divisions and did they win in a row? Was it something like fifteen straight division titles? It was crazy during the nineties well, and the they, early aughts. They, yeah, it
1: was was in the all throughout the 1990s when bobby cox was at the helm and they had like tom flavin and they had um,
0: greg maddox john smoltz weren't they all pitching staff there
1: oh yes absolutely and and you know they they had chipper jones and they had andrew jones and they had everybody on the squad and all through the 90s they were doing a wonderful job but the thing was they were the biggest tease in all of baseball yeah that's how i yeah. I mean, because here they are, and they would wind up winning the position, and then usually within the first round of the postseason, they're done. Yeah. So, it, it, don't get me wrong; I'm not, I'm not uh, good for them and all the Atlanta fans during the '90s, but now that they're down at the bottom of the barrel, um, it's not
0: costing me. Easily. Yeah, I'm not shedding a tear either.
1: Right, but I mean, I, but it's really fun to watch the Phillies. Um, they, they are hitting regularly. Um, I, I don't know how much credit you can give to Pete McCannon. I, I think he surrounded himself. First of all, I think Klintak and McCannon are, are working hand-in-hand, hand, even though a lot of it is behind the scenes. But I think that McCannon is also giving a lot of his players... He, he doesn't play, for example... Well, I shouldn't say he doesn't, but he rotates at certain positions, players in and out. Um, Ryan Howard mm-hmm. is getting, you know, probably... 50%, 60% of his time at first base. Mm-hmm. You've got um, Carlos Ruiz is alternating with Cameron Rupp behind the plate. Mm-hmm. And it's working out well. And they're
0: also moving around various players to various positions. We just got this guy, Tommy Joseph, yeah. who called up a couple of games ago, who
1: originally started training in the farm systems as a catcher, suffered a concussion, and it looked as though you know that, that position was out of it. And he works his tail off all throughout um, the minor leagues. He finally gets called up because Darren Ruff started to struggle. So they bring up Joseph. They send Ruff down. And next thing you know, this guy is alternating with Ryan Howard at first base. Yeah. And he's only been there for, what, like two games, three games?
0: Yeah, not but long. He, he
1: is starting to get used to it. And I think that's a pretty courageous move by mechanics. But at the same time... I think he's doing that with various players in various positions. So you really don't have a utility player so much as you have, at least to a certain degree, a utility team. Mm-hmm. And there are some players on the squad, like, for example, Pereira, who's been in center field now for the past couple of seasons, who mm-hmm. so I think is doing very well. Um but then you've got others that you can rotate, like Andres Blanco, who is just, when he gets up to the plate, usually it's as a pinch hitter where he enters the game late. But you get up there, and he will just force the opposition to throw pitches. He mm. just fouls them off left and right left and right. And he is running as soon as he takes off from the plate like there's no tomorrow. Mm. Uh, he's versatile. He can play second base. He can play shortstop. He's been in the outfield. So it's not a utility player that you have. I think that the Philly squad has some is working towards a utility team. And the other thing that I also like was that McKinnon has been having the pitcher bat eighth.
0: I noticed that. I I really noticed that.
1: I I don't know exactly how much of a difference that was really going to have, but Eric Borgias, um, our right fielder, has been coming up and hitting ninth and it's been working out pretty well. Um, I, I, I don't want to say that there's some kind of magic formula behind it, but for some reason it just seems to be working out well. Now, is this something that's going to last through the season? I have no idea, and I don't know if it's going to last until next year, but it's kind of like, circ you ride the wave until it's basically out of gas. And this seems to be going along right now. Borges is in a place where he usually comes up to the plate pitcher usually isn't the one that winds up getting on base, but someone before him does. And Borges has been doing a good job. He's had a couple extra base hits. He's brought in some decent RBIs. He's not a stud of a player. His RB or excuse me, his um batting average isn't phenomenal. Yeah. It's actually to be perfectly honest, it's really not all that good, but mm-hmm. he's getting those hits when he needs to, and that says a lot
0: and and you really that is a clear cut moment where you need to give credit to the coaching staff that is a true moment where they are making the decision to do something unconventional to put the pitcher have them bat eighth and then it, it's almost like you're i mean listen you can't get around the fact that the pitcher's got a pitch it's the national league you know that's not going to change overnight but you it is an acceptance and almost this sort of sneaky way of kind of putting in a pinch hitter in the ninth spot. You know, listen, the pitcher's going to pitch, but you just said it. There's a good chance someone's already going to be on base from before that uh, ninth spot hits. And, you know, Borges, he he gets the hits when he needs them. And when you're deep in the game, when you're deep in the pitching staff, when you're getting into, you know, inning seven, inning eight, and you're seeing the pit, the bullpen for the other team, you're seeing the, the, the wear and tear get to the other team, that's when you can sneak out a quick RBI and win by one run, go into the ninth inning, bring in Gomez, and get your save. All of a sudden, you've got a winning formula, and that's really, I mean, you you nailed it on the head. That's something to really be excited about. Now, Tom, I, I, I do want to throw out there, now you mentioned Herrera and Franco. Is there, I mean, listen, they can both be amazing, but is there one of them if you could pick one that's sticking out as being the budding superstar, or is there one of them in particular that, uh, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is is either one of these guys going to turn into a perennial all-star? And, you know, if it's going to be one of them, which one would it be?
1: Well, I think it's, it's a good question, Sam, and I think it's a bit of a competition right now between the two of them. Um, I, I think that, that Franco is doing a, a very good job, but he's an infielder. Infielders can easily be rotated around to a couple of different
0: positions. Third baseman can play second base, second base can play short. You know, you can bounce them around. Sure.
1: Um, and that is something that McCannon can do and has done. Um, Herrera has a solid place, at least in the Phillies roster, in center field. So. Right now, if I had to say, you know, who is it that's in the lead in this friendly competition between the two? It's probably Herrera. Mm-hmm. He is just a little—he's a little Charlie Hustle. He is very established in center field. His defense isn't perfect, but it's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very passionate at the plate, but at the same time, Mike Alfranco really proved himself—really proved himself in spring training. Yeah, he's—he's he he's a
0: he heck had an excellent of a batter. Spring. He, he really yeah, he creates a, he creates some havoc behind the plate.
1: Well, he does, and he's very scrutinizing with his pitches. Um, Herrera, I, I don't want to say he isn't scrutinizing, but Herrera seems to be a little bit more um, anxious to mm. kind of go in there and, and really kind of push the team and help them towards the win. And I think that's a good motivating factor. He just might need to be a little bit more scrutinizing, but the fact that he just kind of goes around and, and will swing at whatever he feels to be a good pitch Mm -hmm. is one of the things that makes him exciting to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, He's, he's strong. He knows when to pull the ball. He knows when to try and just be able to just get a fluke single. And whenever he can try and make that happen, he does. But it's a friendly competition between the two. They're both fun to watch. But right now I would have to say, if there's one that you want to say might be the up and coming franchise player, it would probably be Herrera. Yeah. Although of course there's no guarantee.
0: Yeah. No, well, listen. There's no guarantee for any of this. We're just we're just talking here. We're just talking here. Just throwing out ideas. Um, and the and the other thing that that I think is
1: neat is, and I was actually just kind of thinking about this today, Sam. Matt Klementek is a young guy. Philly's sure. GM. Yeah. A lot of the budding all stars that we have, as as much as it pains me to say it, and as much as I really didn't like him towards the end of his tenure here,
0: Ruben Amaro who Mm. is
1: now, I think, the first base coach in in Boston. Mm -hmm. But Ruben Amaro actually was the one who was responsible for helping to bring Herrera and Michael Franco and um, Jenmar Gomez. He Mm. was the guy who brought all of these people to the Philly squad. Now, he did it over about the last three, four years and of course they were young prospects and they were and, and Tommy Joseph as well. Yeah. They were all young prospects, they were all sent into the farm system and then ultimately they begin to blossom and mature and they make their way up. Mm-hmm. And again it pains me to say it, but I feel almost a little bad for Amaro, because he's not here to actually see it. Mm. Um, I mean, he was the one that would wind up signing Franco. He was the one who got Herrera on
0: a on a Rule Five pick from Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the one who brought
1: Gomez in, and and you know these are players who are now, at least for the last few weeks, have been the ones that have been really exciting to watch. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it doesn't it doesn't stop there. And with some of the transactions that Ruben Amaro, it's also um, you can take a look at you know, players like Tyler Goodell, mm-hmm. uh, Blanco. These are all guys who have been very exciting as well. Are they consistently terrors on the field? No, not necessarily, yeah. but when you need to, more often than not, they're going to get that clutch hit and they keep the game going and the momentum moving, and that's one of the things that makes them so fun to watch. hmm
0: that's uh um do you think that the Phillies are gonna win this division? Do you think that can happen? I think it's too
1: early to tell. Um, the the one thing that I've noticed, Sam, about the Phillies over years past, is that they have always been a, a second part of the season team. After the all star break, they've always had a bit of a I guess we could call it a resurgence or a swell. Mhm. Um You can't forecast the future, but right now, I mean, right now, I thought at the beginning when I I was talking with you last on the show, I thought, listen, they're going to lose more games than they're going to win, but they're going to be a fun team to watch. That's not the case so far, but all things considered, look, the postseason
0: doesn't start until like October, so
1: we've got a long time in front of us. Can they win the division? If you ask me right now, the answer is, yeah,
0: what are they, a half game out of first place? Sure, anything possible. But um,
1: is that where they're going to be in a month, or a month and a half, or two months? I have no idea. In that sense, I'm a, I'm a, you know, tried and true Philadelphia sports fan. <laughs> but right now, I'm going to, right now, I'm going to watch them. I'm going to enjoy them. But the only team that I think that's, that's really giving them a bit of a struggle and a run for their money right now in the National League East and the Mets. Everybody yeah.
0: else, they've really proven themselves against. Yeah, I, I agree. Sam, right now, sure,
1: they've got a chance at the division. But we don't know what the rest of the season holds. We don't know what injuries are going to come down, hopefully none. But also we know that after the All-Star break is when the season really seems to kind of kick into high gear for these guys. Yeah. Will it be again? Hopefully so. But right now they're playing well, and you just got to enjoy them for what they can do. And hope for the best. Absolutely. And right now, I mean, it's looking good. They're a fun team to watch. They are a fun team. Team
0: to watch. Yeah, I think I think that is the best way to put it. They're a fun team to watch. And, and I think the fact that they're a fun team to watch and they're winning is all we could hope for as Philadelphia fans. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, are they at a point
1: where they're going to wind up being a terror in the postseason if they even get there? No, they're not. But you know what? Again, it, it's like death by a thousand little cuts. All of these players who have averages that are – you know, 220, 230, maybe 240 with the occasional guys who are above 300. But you know what? They're all young, they're all consistent, and they're all performing. And it might not look too intimidating on paper. So when you take a look at um, Goodell or Franco or um, Fernandez, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, it's only hitting 220. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? It's almost as if when one of them hits 220, They all hit 220. Yeah. And so that, and and I think for their competition, that is something that is very unassuming and as the Phillies have proven somewhat dangerous
0: at least over the last few weeks because they have won a whole
1: lot more of these series against their opponents than they've lost.
0: Yeah, and... and and some of these wins, some of these wins are against legitimate teams. I mean, they they swept the Nationals. Uh, I mean, they, they are beating some real teams out there. It's not like they're just cleaning up against Schlock. They're not just beating only the Braves. They are convincing wins. And as you said, they have the most one-run wins of any team in the league so far. And that speaks volumes.
1: Oh, yeah. It tells you that. It, and, and you know, the other thing, Sam, is that the other thing to consider is that you see scores going across baseball tonight or ESPN about oh well it's six to five or ten um, you know, to one. The Phillies, Sam, rarely win a game by more or with more than four or five runs. Yeah. But so that should tell you something and actually to say that they usually win you know, four or five runs, it's all right, let's be honest, it's probably more like three. Yeah. But <laughs> that should tell you something about their defense, about their tenacity and about how, yeah, they don't have a bunch of players who are hitting hitting 323 thirds, but they have a bunch of players who are hitting with low batting averages, but they're all consistent. Mm -hmm. And that is really something I think that a lot of other clubs undervalue.
0: I agree. And it's something that's really working out for us, and I hope
1: that they continue to overlook it because I want to have it work out for as long as we can.
0: Yeah, I mean it almost sounds like you know a money ball with the Oakland A's you know kind of doing a lot more advanced metrics and you know I, I don't think I'm the first person to say this but pitching wins championships and pitching right now is is dominating for the Phillies and that's a pretty darn good thing um is there uh anything else we need to touch on uh because I mean I just kind of needed to check in if if there's not I'd love to give you an opportunity to plug anything Tom is there anything you want to plug oh, it's we have, a, uh, we, have a,
1: we have a website that's coming soon. It's called www.finders-teachers.com. As a uh, experienced educator in the industry, I know what it, what it was like to try and find a job when I uh, first started getting into teaching. And this is a website that's designed to try and help um, aspiring teachers or veteran teachers find a new job in a public or private school. Instead of going out and finding the jobs, principals, and school districts, actually come looking for you. So the website is live. We haven't put it out there for general use yet, but it's up on the website. People can go out there, have a look, and see what's up. And then uh, once we get live, I'll get back in touch with you. We'll talk more Phillies baseball, and and we'll plug it. And, uh, you know, once again, we'll we'll get
0: up, we'll get running, and we'll start bringing more teachers in so we can have our summers off and watch more Phillies baseball. That is exactly what I'm talking about, Tom. www.finders-teachers.com, is that correct?
1: You got it. That is it.
0: All right, finders-teachers.com. Finders-teachers.com. One more time, finders-teachers.com. Tom, I love you so much. Thanks for coming on and talking some Phillies with us.
1: I love you, buddy. I mean, uh, and and we'll keep watching, and I uh, I know you will too. But they're a fun team to watch. I'm sitting here smiling just thinking about it. So uh, you know, I forget who they're up against tomorrow. They just uh, they just finished up against.
0: They just finished against up against. They got the Marlins. They got someone else coming up. Let me, here, let me take it. Let me, let me take a look. Hang on a second. I'll tell you right now. Hold on one sec. All of our yep, listeners are Atlanta. like, they're playing this team. Yep.
1: Nope. They got Atlanta coming in tomorrow. Atlanta. Oh. I think they still have less than ten wins, which is fine with me. But I'll tell you what, Sam. When we were down in Atlanta and we faced them about a week, week and a half ago. We wound up winning the series, but they gave us a little
0: trouble. Yeah, so we're going to have to keep our eyes peeled with them. Atlanta is but, definitely um, like a like a you know it's like a wild animal needing food. It's it's don't get too close, they'll scratch you.
1: Yeah, don't back them into a corner, or they're going to turn around. But you know the Phillies had a pretty nice decisive win against the Braves about a week and a half ago against uh, Blair, who was pitching for Atlanta, but they just sent him down today. They brought up somebody new who I think is actually going to be on the hill for the Braves tomorrow. So. You know, hopefully a, a new guy going to be his first day in the show, so hopefully the, he'll be a little nervous. The Phillies can take advantage of it early, and we'll have another fun
0: game to watch. That's what I'm talking about. I want some more Ws. Tom, thanks for coming on the show today. You got it, buddy. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, Sam, thanks.